Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Will's Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wills. Hello everyone and welcome back to the second Wilms Front featured interview show in a row, the second for 2023 as well on this Sunday, the 26th of February. We are live on the Wilms Front YouTube, DLive and Odyssey channels. We are also live on the interactive entropy software where you can ask myself and my guest questions or even better yet, send through a super chat to support Unshackled Productions. It is 8.30 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, where I'm joined live uh, tonight uh, from the UK, where it is 9.30 a.m., today uh, by the Reverend James Costello, an activist with Patriotic Alternative Northwest. Uh, so that's a area of England, which, in, which includes the city of Liverpool, where two weeks ago in the suburb of Knowlesley, James, along with others, uh, protested outside an illegal migrant or a government-run or seized uh, the government has been uk government has been seizing hotels to house illegal migrants uh, there was a protest of locals after a 15 year old girl filmed herself a, a one of the migrants there attempting to groom her how old are you 25 25 i'm only 15 okay good that's no that's not good no, I'm sorry. What's up? You don't do this in this country. It's, it's you go to jail if you do this. No, no, you're not right. No. I'm 15. No, no, that's weird. So the UK Conservative government, rather than stopping the invasion of boats coming across the English Channel, they've continued to seize these hotels and book them out to house these illegal arrivals, kicking out uh, Brits who had paid reservations. Some have even had to cancel weddings, though the uh, government's response to the Knowsley protest is not to announce a new crackdown on illegal immigration, but a crackdown on groups like Patriotic Alternative who are campaigning for British sovereignty. So James has now found himself being harassed by the local police. Uh, Reverend, uh, welcome to Wilmsfront. Good morning, Tim. I uh, hope you're well. As you say, it's uh, 8.30 in Australia, but it's only 9.30 a.m. here in England. So uh, good morning and good evening. Yeah. Luckily, I know the time differences between Australia and the UK because I'm a Premier yep. League fan. Uh, so the the games kick off just before most of the time round about before midnight. So <laughs> I, I, I know the UK uh, GMT time pretty well. Yeah, that's good. As you say about the, the whole, whole uh, hotel saga, um, you use the word seized. I don't think the word seized is quite right, Tim, but the government contracts, they give the contracts out to company, big companies like Serco, and 
these companies pay the hotels millions of pounds in many cases, especially if it's a four or five star hotel to put in these migrants. And these are once really nice hotels, for example, like the Suites Hotel Nosley, and uh, where people have so many pleasant memories. And before you know it, nobody, no local people are welcome there. That's how it's been working. And that's the case all across England, all across Britain, really. I guess they're seized from the people who had paid reservations there. And as you were saying, they, they, it's not like these are backpackers hostels. These are nice four-star hotels where you you would enjoy uh, well, a nice uh, spa. Well, spa. And uh, they cool. probably have a good restaurant and bar uh, down downstairs yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yep, that's it. Um, in the wake of, uh, you know, what's happened, and obviously we're going to go into it, you know, the, my next door neighbor, not, uh, neighbors in the area will feel comfortable to come up to me and say, you know, they've booked uh, hotels across the country, They're like some of these nice uh, seaside resorts in the south of England, for example, and they've spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on these hotels, and they've even inquired, are there any of these migrants in the hotels and they're reassured that they are not in the hotels and this one person i was speaking to they had a family member in the area who went to the hotel to double check and they walked in they had the same uh, re response as so many people have had up and down the country people recording themselves they walk into the hotel they try to go up to the desk to ask any questions and all you see is foreigners everywhere and that person will be escorted from the building and yet they lie to the to the people and you know like the neighbor that i was speaking to she was terrified at the thought of going to the hotel in the summer you know and so she tried to cancel the um the booking they won't let them cancel the booking and so they're going around asking all the local bnbs if they can get a place to stay it's difficult to find a hotel so the scrounging around basically for the bed and breakfast so that they can feel safe that's how it how it is in many seaside uh, resorts across england now and it's pretty obvious to the, the the people who are well they've managed to get a reservation but they, they when they get there they realize that they're they're sharing a hotel with all these illegal arrivals and these uh, illegals they can come and go as they please it's not like a detention facility yeah that's correct they'll walk around walk all around you know speaking their uh, respective language whether it be Af uh, the afghani language <laughs> or arabic or you know etc they're the kind of language languages you will be hearing often and it's pretty obvious that they're not a uh legal tourists who've got the the proper uh, tourist visa or are coming in spending their their own money to like they're not somebody like me who, who would come to the uk for a holiday well well somebody either a holiday or somebody like yourself would probably have to bend over backwards uh, you know filling in paperwork and everything in order to come to england or let's say let's say white people from south africa that are having an absolute nightmare there um in a tyrannical anti-white state where farmers are being murdered on a daily basis see if they can get to england 
they will have a terrible time. And I remember one person from South Africa, his name was Mark, I recall, and he came to England just to visit. And he had ancestry in England as well. You know, most of his ancestry was from England. And he was in a very dangerous area of Cape Town, I believe. And he wanted to seek refugee status. Couldn't get it. He got shipped back to Cape Town in the same dangerous area. So that shows another double standard that we face. Oh, it's it seems more uh, obvious in in the UK. I mean, you have uh, well, uh, the most obvious example is the the BBC putting out jobs. We only want these certain races, and I'm sure it's with other large corporations as well. They they only want to hire diverse or at the moment minority groups. Yeah, well, as I always say, there's like a, there's an ocean of talent, white talent going down the drain with every generation. Because corporations, let's say like the BBC, are picking people who are less talented just to make the quotas. Meanwhile, you've got the talented, uh, whether it be actors or the, you know, the technicians or whatever, they're all languishing on the dole. You know, this is the crazy situation we're in. And I believe that even the Air Force... The Royal Air Force that you know prides itself on having the highest standards in the world. They they've got diversity quotas that can only bring standards down if you're not selecting people based on merit alone. Uh, Colin is asking, have you seen uh, Yorkshire Rose videos on the migrant hotels? I uh, have. I've seen a few uh, videos from uh, Yorkshire Rose. In fact. Um, even though the street hotel is local to me, I hadn't kind of been there to do any kind of protests or investigation that much, really. It was kind of on the far end of the town or just across the road from the town, really. And when I was doing a little bit of research, I found a video by Yorkshire Rose on YouTube. And so I did find a lot of information from her, you know, doing some research into the hotel. So she, she does re research up and down the country. Uh, I don't see that many videos, but that that was definitely informative for me. So, how many hotels are these illegal migrants staying at in the whole of the the UK, and how many do they have on reserve? I mean, when was this this uh, system first formulated that anyone who just uh, arrives uh, across the the channel, we're just going to to book out these hotels uh, you don't like the word seize but that's just what it sounds like and yeah. book out these rooms for them like what's what's the tally at the moment in terms of hotels oh. and people well if we're looking at the official statistics apparently like 45 to fifty thousand people are crossing the channel every year and about 200 hotels are housing tens of thousands of migrants up and down the country Mostly poor, poor areas, by the way. It's not like they put in the, you know, the nicest areas of the country. And um, but if you if you if you were to check out some of the more um, uh, uh, the the journalists that are independent, that's the word I was looking for. The more independent journalists, like Steve Laws of Dover, he's doing research on this issue day in day out. He keeps track of it and. According to him, the situation is like twice as well, twice as bad as what the official statistics say. 
So it's uh, very bad, and it's it's a good job that normal people up and down the country, you know, they're su- well, they're suffering this, and they're opening their eyes to the propaganda, you know, the anti-white propaganda that demonizes people like us, and uh, they're fighting back. So that's a positive. But the the UK governments on every level and the, the mainstream media, it's like they've learned nothing uh, from the, the prevalence of the gro- uh, m- migrant grooming gangs of the, what you'd say, uh, that have been going on uh, all throughout the, the 21st century. The media didn't want to cover it and the uh, authorities were hesitant to... Uh, to take action because they didn't want to be seen as racist or proving the far right's point or providing them with with propaganda. Well, you've had uh, towns up and down the country, for example, Rotherham, where you've had what they call it grooming, but to the best of my knowledge, it's called rape, raping children. You know, that's what's been going on up and down the country, and have have the government learned? Well, the, through the media, the education system, government, people are taught to be petrified of being labelled, as you just said, being labelled as racist. So they would rather turn a blind eye to this outrage against young girls, vulnerable people, right, who come from very uh, poor backgrounds, have uh, problems going on, broken homes, etc., and they'd rather turn a blind eye than being called racist. Hence a slogan I coined, which was uh, inspired by a BBC article. And that is fear of being called racist leads to children getting raped. In fact, it goes further now. We've seen a man in Northern Ireland who was raped by another man, foreigner, when he was taking his dog for the walk. Yeah. So literally fear of being called racist can lead to to a man getting raped in a park as he's taking the dog for the walk. You know, these are the insane levels we've got to. Uh, now, I played the the video of that, or you'd say brave girl at the at the beginning. I'm not sure if uh, what the what the status of the police investigation is, given that she 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 documented it. She seemed quite terrified. It was quick thinking of her to, to docu- document it. So that went viral uh, online, and not surprisingly, the the locals there uh, pr- began protesting. And you're a, a local. You're you're based in in Liverpool. Some of the uh, the fake news that was put out is that uh, Patriotic Alternative quickly organised a flash mob of uh, pro- protesters. Yeah, well, that's uh, obviously total nonsense, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, the local girl, you, you say, very quick very quick to pull the phone out and record. But the thing is, many locals already know that you have these people prowling around the town, prowling around the parks. So it's almost like people might get coached. You know, as soon as they approach you, get your phone out. You know what I mean? It's not like this has never happened before. It's not like these people have never been seen before. People are complaining about it all the time. In fact, you've got these groups on Facebook. One's called the um, the New Kirby Reporter. It's got a lot of um, uh, followers on it. But every time a local person will report on these 
goings on, shall we say. You get these people who are the moderators on these groups. They don't want to be called racist, or they might even have some kind of allegiance to some dodgy, you know, anti-white political party. Slam them down. Slam them down immediately. And so the normal people, their voices are just uh, censored, basically. So this is the kind of thing that you have to put it with. But, you know, the parents still have to, you know, get the, uh, look after the children. So they're going to warn the children, you know, if somebody approaches you, get your phone out and record it. Uh, there's so, a lot of, uh, like, naivety, quite beautiful naivety of the, the child saying, um, you can't do that in this country. You go to jail if you do that in this, if you're a 25-year-old man chatting up a 15-year-old girl, you go to jail in this country. However, if he tried that kind of stunt in his own country, his feet wouldn't touch the ground. That's the reality. These people look at young girls in England as fair game. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, look at them with the skirts on. I can just approach them, do what I like. You know, this is the kind of mentality that we're having to deal with, and this is what's been imported. And now we have uh, silly talk from people saying, uh, oh, well, what you need to do is just get them to do a little survey, just explain the local, you know, the local conduct, and then that'll make everything okay if you just explain the conduct properly. Um, yeah. So they have, uh, that's, them conceding that uh, that there's been no attempt to assimilate, integrate new migrants. And that girl said you go to jail for, for doing this here. But sadly, uh, a lot of uh, migrants have gotten away with grooming rape. Yeah, I think that person may have been, uh, uh, if not arrested, then certainly questioned by the police. But I couldn't tell you what's uh, the status now. Um, but yeah, af after that uh, particular incident, and I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know it was local to me. I know that the, the young girl, who I'm reluctant to talk about because, you know, vulnerable girl, mm. um, I didn't realise she was that local to me. She had a local accent, but I was like, that could be anywhere. You know, big place, like half a million people, you know, it could be anywhere. And it was only later that I discovered it was in Kirby. That's K-I-R-K-B-Y. You might pronounce it Kirby, but it's like silent K, Kirby. Um, so uh, a couple of days before that, this incident, we at Patriotic Alternative made a promotional video outside the Suites Hotel. It was only a short little video where we were, we were talking about, you know, uh, homeless people being on the streets, you know, many of them don't even have their own teeth, right? We offered them toothpaste. They said, don't need that. Toothbrush, don't need that. I don't have any teeth. And yet there are migrants who have all their dental uh, needs covered at the hotels, all their medical uh, needs covered at the hotels. So, yeah, we made that video. And I thought, you know, that'll probably get, if we're lucky, a thousand views, a couple of thousand views, something like that just to let the local people, you know, we're here, we care. Uh, but after that particular incident, with the 25-year-old approaching the 15-year-old, our video went viral. I was walking around my hometown, and family members and friends, people that I've known growing up, they come over to me and just say, you're famous. I was like, what? He said, that video that you made has gone everywhere. So in conjunction with the outrage, people then, saw that video that we put together and it just blew up big time 
and the 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 protest uh, by the the locals uh, obviously the it got mainstream media attention when there was violence uh, so we'll, we'll just play some of it when the police turned up and also some uh balaclava a ninja costume wearing people from another group which we'll get to So when did these confrontations take off? And then there was obviously the police car that mm-hmm. uh, caught fire or was set alight by somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, shall we just back up a touch? <laughs> Let's talk about the organisation of this whole protest, right? Now, after the outrage of the young girl being accosted, these videos go viral everywhere, all over the country, not just locally, all over the country. And so the local people, whoever they were, or even some social media accounts, one called themselves this scouse kid or something. And I believe there's a fellow called Darren G. They were promoting this protest. And it was a grassroots organic protest from local people. Um, and they arranged to have it on a probably inappropriate <laughs> time of a Friday night at 8 p.m. And so, you know, it's going everywhere. Everybody's talking about it locally. Um, are we going to go? Now, I, I'll be honest with you, I initially thought that it wouldn't be that big, but it turned out to be very, very big with thousands of people going there. Uh, when I walked down there just to uh, uh, check it out, really, there were, um, and, and give support to local people, familiar faces, you know, that you've seen all through your life, local people, you know, high fives all across, <laughs> uh, you know fist bumps everywhere you know you've, you've seen all them people you haven't seen in many years you know this is this is the uh the salt of the earth local people yeah uh basically started at let's say 8, 8 p.m and everything was very peaceful very very peaceful and for some strange reason at around well close to 8 p.m the police placed a riot van right in the middle of the crowd, right in the middle of the crowd, right next to this hotel, and abandoned it. It's not like they stayed there, they abandoned the van. Yep. And that caused uh, some local, I don't know what, right? Local people in black block. I don't even know if they were local, in fact, People are telling me that they weren't local. In fact, the people who were arrested were How much, like, uh, 
time was there like between when it was promoted and 8 p.m like to your knowledge uh the whole event was promoted probably from let's say the either the tuesday evening or maybe even the wednesday right so this was all this all came together but yeah yeah a few days this was very very quick um so like i said the police uh abandoned the van the local people are very very peaceful and they're just there to protest the, the, the hotel basically um however you did get some people who were like dressed in block black right they had backpacks on they had masks on they had golf clubs right doesn't sound normal uh they started basically trashing the van or start damage the van and uh, normal people like okay let's get away from this because you know you never know what could happen here and you know by about between half eight and quarter to nine they'd broken into the van broken into the van and they were putting helmets some of these people were putting helmets on um uh, like fireworks I, I, I seem to think i saw something like that and uh yeah the local people are just stood there quite quite shocked really and there's no sign of the police at all we end up moving on the other side of the road uh, because we think that this could go up in flames and lo and behold the whole van went up in flames and there was no police presence at all just left their their van which apparently cost a lot of money um left there in the crowd so that that's highly suspicious to me i don't know what you think tim yes that uh, obviously uh, there are it's it, whenever there's a in a protest or public event that's is deemed right wing or or far right that's the new buzz term there's there's always these counter agitators and that sounds like who they were i mean they they can't they they, they counter everything it seems seems in the the uk even i think it was in in ireland uh the the local antifa they countered a save the children anti-pedophile rally uh, they just take the opposite side of who they deem are the racist and and fascist but when there is violence at a right-wing far-right event even though it's caused by people not part of it who just seem to just show up it's it's always reported in the the media and the and the politicians always say oh that uh, it's due to the far right the 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 violence and this uh, the in the aftermath of this protest uh that's exactly what happened uh, patriotic alternatives were were banned and so, uh, you post on your telegram wow. that uh, the police uh, they have they charged or arrested you they tried to put bail conditions on you mm -hmm. no uh th that's not what, what happened um uh, right so again back up a touch <laughs> yeah but still back at the, we're still back at the hotel and the after this uh fires happened and by the way there was a counter protest and i thought why the, how how are those people there you know you think on a day like today they'd stay away but no that they'll they'll defend them no matter what 
uh, and demonize the local people, the righteous local people, the salt of the earth people, they'll demonize them. But even those, uh, as you say, Antifa type people, they were doing little hit and run attacks on normal people there um, in the midst of everything going on, even with like, you know, crowds of thousands of normal local people there. These little rats would do these little hit and run things. And when I was leaving at like nine o'clock, they did actually try to attack me. They recognized me and identified me by name. And said, and they had thick Northern Irish accents and said, is that, is that James? I don't want to try to do the Northern Irish accent because the last time apparently I sounded like a Chinaman. So uh, yeah, they assaulted me and well, assaulted the car that I was in. Um, so that just shows the kind of people we're dealing with. Uh, so I, I goes home um, and I up, I upload the video. I upload the video where I'm basically defending the local people. And that goes viral. Just so you know, the likes of the hope not hate people or the our enemies, they say I was live streaming. I was live streaming from the event. I didn't because that sounds like I'm kind of inviting people. Come along, come along. I never did that. I recorded a little 40 second video, I think it was. And when I got home, I uploaded it and it kind of went everywhere, went viral everywhere. Um, but as to the, uh, um, the, the police, um, it was several days later, I think it was the Wednesday, about nine o'clock, two officers, well, officers, inverted commas, let's be careful here, came to my house and said, you're, you're on a, a curfew. 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. curfew. I was like, on what grounds? Oh. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. It's like, on what grounds? I mean, where's the paperwork, basically? I and mean, what's all this about? I mean, am I under arrest? You know, go on, take me away. Well, I wasn't offered to take me away because I didn't know who these people were. Um, but but they, they were in a bit of a hurry to leave by the, by the time we kind of finished with them. And they, they were causing, you know, distress to neighbors and family members, you know, this is what they're doing. And I immediately post about it on social media. I immediately contact my solicitor and they're like, what the hell is this? Uh, so this my solicitor contact, uh, there's all kinds of news stories that have been made out of it, by the way, you know, cause it's quite Orwellian, isn't it? But um, my solicitor contacts the police and the police, they're confused. They say, James doesn't have any bail conditions. Um, we, we have no idea what this is all about. So we're like, okay, this is strange. We're, and we're doing an investigation onto the two officers. And, and I went to my local police station and I asked the fellow on the desk, you know, what's all this about? He called us hired up and the hired up seemed to recognize my name and, and said, yeah, um, it's a mystery. We're, we're monitoring your social media. They monitor my social media and they don't know anything about these um, two officers. Did they produce identification when they came? Um, I suppose they had numbers on their, uh, their, their, um, on their kit, on their shoulder. Oh, so they, they, they had, had uniforms on. Oh, they had these weren't uh, plain clothes officers. These were officers. Uh, they had a police card and everything. But not that that you know people when people have unlimited resources or seemingly unlimited resources, is it that difficult to uh, masquerade as 
uh, police officers. I don't think it's that uh, uh, difficult. Or just rogue. It could be rogue officers. That's what it seems. It could be. Um, uh, but how how would two officers who were just on their daily shift able to know my name and know my address and come to my house and and say all those things when? their superiors don't know apparently don't know any or claim that they don't know anything about them i've never heard of something so bizarre and if they were actual police officers that would seem to me a grave misconduct abuse of of power because as you've just said there you haven't been arrested or charged with anything and they said you were on a curfew like uh, and like for like for uh, even though you haven't been charged with anything which means you can't be bailed that like that, no wonder I could, I could hardly make sense of your telegram post because it is so bizarre. <laughs> even now people say to me because uh, i made a video and i said i'm having a lovely evening out and people are saying james are you okay oh are the police going to arrest you because you're out after 7 p.m i said no I keep telling you, it's nonsense. These people are rogue coppers. Rogue coppers come to your house, tell you on the 7 till 7 curfew, related to the Sweet Hotel, which I was just, you know, I was just a, a, an observer like so many other people. But, you know, going back to the, um, the, the controlled anti-white media, let's call them what they are, uh, they report, immediately reported on it, saying that there were 200 patriotic alternative activists or terrorists basically as they portray them just swarming the hotel you know just crazy in in black block you know masked up because that's what we do and swarming the hotel attacking uh you know the, the counter protesters all the weirdos over that side you couldn't get any further from the truth uh, people are patriotic alternative. They are model professionals. They do everything by the book. They wouldn't do a protest at eight o'clock at night for the start. They would organize it even and they liaise even with the police, you know, to make sure that everything's nice and safe. They'd have a, a designated area to you know, have the protest and everything would just be kept legal and professional and they would have banners. They'd have a, a stage. They would uh, have loudspeakers to give proper speeches. They'd record it. They'd have security. They would, they would, they would basically keep everything under control. That wasn't that protest wasn't an organised protest. This is just normal people protesting at the uh, at the hotel. So this is just the the nature of these. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, criminal uh, anti-white liars that just be smeared, be smeared, be smeared. But fortunately, all I have to do is say this is what to local people i'll say this is what the controlled media are saying about you and this is what they're saying about us and they will just immediately say that isn't true you know so the uh, what well, obviously they don't care about the local people what they think but the local people are seeing through their nonsense fortunately uh, but uh, those in in power in media and the government they never let a uh, truth and facts uh, get in the way of an opportunity uh, to persecute and marginalize those against their uh, globalist agenda. And uh, the the local member for Knowlesley, uh, so that is Sir 
uh, he's been he, he's been he's been knighted. Uh, so Sir George Howarth, uh, this was his question in the the House of Commons. I do have concerns, as the minister is aware, about the involvement of far right groups from outside of Mosley, such as Patriotic Alternative, Yorkshire Rose, and Britain First, in promoting that event and to see, and seeking to stir up racial hatred in our community and others. I would, Mr Speaker, before concluding, like to put some questions to the right honourable gentleman. First, does he share my concern about the involvement of the far-right groups I've already referred to in such instance, and will he consider prescribing them? Secondly, will he undertake an urgent review of the use of hotels to house refugees and report back to the House on the outcome of that? Third, as part of such a review, will he look at alternatives to hotels, taking into account the housing needs of local residents and work with local councils to arrive at, a, at more suitable op options? And will the Minister agree to meet with me and officials from Knowsley to discuss what can be done to address the situation locally? Fourth, can he at some point make a further statement to the House about how the Government proposed to fix the asylum system? And finally, does he agree with me that in these circumstances some social media sites are used as platforms for poison and misinformation? And will he urge the companies which own them to ensure that their platforms are used more responsibly? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, patriotic alternative shortly after uh, that statement uh, was uh, kicked off social media. And so uh, Mark, Laura, were you, uh, you were kicked off Twitter as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was part of the page. You'd think, uh, you know, little old me, somehow, somewhere, I got a 159 followers in, in recent uh, weeks. But, uh, you know, even little old me, I had to be stamped off in the great page to uh, get rid of anybody who um, represents white people who have an ounce of self-respect. Um, it's, it's such a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, and just going uh, back to uh, uh, George there, if you notice in that speech and so many of these kind of uh, platitudes, not one word about the victims. Know the local victims the reason why those local people are out there in the first place they just take it as an opportunity to just attack people who are pro-white um uh, yeah it's just uh despicable despicable and he he did have a question about oh, we need to have a better better system than these hotels he's not saying that the illegal boats need to stop is that because uh, uh, Labor MPs have said, oh, they need to be put into community housing. There seems to be no, it, it's it's bipartisan that mm -hmm. all these illegals should just continue to flood across the uh, the English Channel. I mean, what happened to uh, Suella Braverman, uh, her dream of the Rwandan solution, that illegal arrivals would be would be flowing to rwanda they wouldn't be allowed to settle in the the uk what happened to that 
well, that was never going to happen to begin with. But it, it sounds very good, doesn't it, to, to uh, appease the, you know, the normal people of the country. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear the uh, the politicians get tough. And the, the, the likes of the, the Bravamans of this world, they'll tell them exactly what they want to hear to get them to vote for them, the normal people, uh, whether they, um, you know, vote conservative, for example. But really, they have nothing but contempt for them. Most of these migrants, the economic migrants, um, you know, the, there's so much, uh, uh, such a much better way of dealing with this whole uh, uh, scenario. You know, they should be preventing those people from crossing the channel. Thousands, potentially up to a thousand a day, coming to this country. We have apparently we're supposed to have a professional army, but they're never utilised to take care of these uh, outrages that have been foisted upon us. You know, it's uh, wrong. I'm not sure how much you know about Australia's maritime border protection, but it's not a tolerated at all by the uh, Australian populace illegal boat arrivals. Uh, governments come to power and fall in large part based on whether they can keep illegal boats out. And e even this uh, this new uh, Labor government we have, they've said, like, look, we're, we're going to turn the boats around. They're illegals. If if they are can't be turned around, then they're put in offshore detention centres. Uh, so it's bipartisan that illegal boat arrivals, a, a, a the Australian public won't won't cop it, and mm -hmm. we even get the cooperation of the Indonesian government in having the the boats towed back. I mean, they're coming from France, which is I mean <laughs> I mean it's a a first world Western country, a, and well, they're, they're just happy. Was. Yeah, the, 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 the French government does nothing. And a lot of them are coming through uh, Europe. And uh, what I've heard is that 10% uh, of the population of Albania is now illegally in the United Kingdom. That sounds so incredible. And it's a country not at war. Yeah, I don't believe that uh, Albania is at war. And uh, so many of them turn out to be drug dealers and all the rest of it. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that ordinary people are having to pull up with. And they, if somebody's of that mindset, where they're going to be drug dealers, they're going to be criminally minded. And so the ordinary British person has to deal with criminal, criminally minded people running around their areas, intimidating them, you know. Um, and, and we're supposed to be all about being civilised, you know. That's what we want. All we want is, you know, a, a peaceful. Obviously, we want a more of a homogeneous, or certainly a very uh, uh, super majority white uh, population. But you know, we want law and order. We want safety for children and women. And if you're just allowing tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands of uh, criminally minded people flood across the border, and then just hand, you know, do a survey, do a nice little survey, and we'll make you a citizen. How how are we going to be safe in, a, in a, an environment like that? Yeah, this is the proposed amnesty, which if you say you're from a a, a war-torn country, 
uh, you'll be given amnesty, a path to UK citizenship, which they they chuck their their papers in the the English Channel when they when they when they come over. Um, but the, the the thing is, like I was talking about, how like, at least in Australia, uh, the the major parties actually listen to their people who don't want illegal immigration. Obviously, they still allow mass legal migration, but polling in the UK UK has shown that among there is even amongst the left wing parties, they believe that uh, migration, both legal and illegal, uh, to the UK is too high. I think even you know I'm not one to defend them because I, I don't think they're good people at all. But even Keir Starmer made made an observation in recent months where he said. We can't continue to just build a, an economy and a society on migration, just shipping millions of people, millions of people, putting strain on all the systems, whether it be uh, uh, health systems, uh, the, the, the roads, you know, uh, housing. Um, even in my town, you've got um, thousands, apparently, they're looking to build thousands of houses. And the local people are telling me, you know, I, I get a lot of my information just talking to normal people. Um, they say that those migrants migrants are, get the first dibs on those houses when they're newly built in the town. And you're like, they're, they're the white British people who may never get a mortgage. They'll never own their own home, right? And, and because of the current situation. And you hear people are just getting houses left, right and centre when they just stepped into the country. It's like... You know, it boggles the mind. And I know that uh, Patriotic Alternative is is famous for its uh, flyers that Britain is on track to be a, 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 a white Brits are on track to become a minority by 2060 or or sooner. Uh, I'm not. I've, I know that uh, there uh, there uh, there was one. Uh, person who have i got the no i don't have the have the the tweet here um but uh, there was some person on twitter saying how disgusted they were that they got a patriotic alternative flyer in uh, the mail and said oh i can't believe uh, like how a migrant would feel if they got that in the mail well the the flyers are very 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 tame you know they're just informational flyers um, talking about how uh, white Britons... Oh, right, here it is, a minority. yeah. Yep, uh, there you go. Yeah, white Britons have become a minority. Um, 2066, I believe it says. Uh, however, that's totally wrong, right? That That's based on a, a study going back at least 10 years. And, you know, we're set to become a minority much earlier than that. In fact, I, I, was, I was putting out some of them flyers... Uh, about a month ago and i believe it was it was in the wirral area local if any locals are watching they'll know that the wirral area of england and uh somebody came out to me one of these kind of uh, uh woke people woke people <laughs> uh came out to me and said that is wrong that fly is wrong and i couldn't help but say i agree I agree. It's totally wrong because it's going to be sooner. We're going to be a minority sooner. But this person was claiming to be a 
you know, an, an expert when it came to the, all these statistics, but he didn't want to have the conversation, which is typical of those kind of people. They don't want they don't want to have the conversation. They just shut it down, shut it down. That's the mentality. And the uh, the most recent census from the UK uh, showed that London, uh, Birmingham, which is in the the Midlands, and Manchester, in the the northwest, it's near. Uh, Liverpool in that uh, region, uh, or whites are already minority. And uh, when Nigel Farage uh, tweeted about it, uh, Sajid Javid, uh, the former health secretary and and chancellor, he's uh, retiring at the next general election, replied, so what? That you're basically saying that you're implying that it's a a bad thing. And of course, uh, Sajid a very close to the prime minister rishi yeah. Uh, sunak yeah showing his utter contempt just as he was leaving office to get a nice little push plush job and maybe go and give some speeches where he gets about you know a hundred thousand pounds a speech you know because he must have had some uh tales of wisdom there that are worth so much money i wonder how he's <laughs> getting all that cash uh but yeah utter contempt for the, the people and I, i'll be honest with you i didn't need to see um the, uh, the office for national statistic statistics report to know that you know london birmingham manchester a minority white certainly around the city kind of city area all you have to do is go there all you have to do is go there and you can see um and I was actually talking to somebody quite recently who said that they were getting involved more in uh, what I call a pro-white activism, pro-white activism because they saw those statistics, maybe because they they live in a more uh, a whiter area of England. Uh, but I said, all you have to do is go to these towns. You didn't need to see those stats. It's in fact, it's probably worse than what those stats say, in reality. But that's a that's the case with a lot of people in England is that a lot of white people is that many many millions of white people don't see all of that they might occasionally go to a city center they might you know london or birmingham or what, whatever but many of them don't see it so it only becomes suffocating for them when they actually see it um so it's it's easy for white people some white people a lot of white people to uh to be a little bit close their mind to it all you know because they don't see it that often but as we're having this discussion in recent years it seems like there's been a concerted effort by the so-called conservatives by the way to flood the country flood just absolutely flood the country at least half a million people immigrants legal immigrants in 2022 and isn't this after we've we just come out of what they call a pandemic pandemic where we're not supposed to uh associate one with one another we're supposed to keep our distance and yet you want to bring half a million people from wherever insanity well it's a bit hard for uh whites who aren't in those those city centers uh now to avoid the the changing face of britain given that rishi uh sunak of uh indian uh british uh extraction is now the the prime minister uh married to a indian heiress who's not even a british citizen uh, uh aksha uh, murti and uh, obviously uh, this was celebrated as uh, modern britain and there there was obviously 
anti-white sort of saying this is uh, reverse colonialism, colonialism's uh, revenge. Uh, but this is like the uh, the reason why I put up uh, Savage Javid's tweet because at the Conservative Party they they are embracing that uh, we're more diverse than than Labor. It was uh, Daniel Hannan. He when Liz Truss became uh, Prime Minister. That which didn't last long said that no white men in any of the top four jobs in politics something that couldn't happen in the the other parties. Uh, again, basically saying that there's this is this is good that there's that uh, I I'm not part of this. Yeah. Um, does anybody think that that's based on merit? That they are definitely the four best people to represent. Well, they clearly weren't with yeah. trust and Fuzzy Quartang yeah. last thing. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make a quick observation about uh, Liz Truss, even though obviously I don't like her at all. But the media immediately piled on her like crazy. She couldn't, every move she made, they just scrutinized every part of it and made her seem to be the most incompetent uh, prime minister in all history. Uh, um, Rishi Sunak comes along and then suddenly they give him a free pass on everything. Isn't that weird the way they do that? And has he well, really done such a better job? I don't think Well, he way. was a glo- a, a, the ultimate uh, globalist. I mean, like, as I pointed out, uh, he is he's married to a, a foreigner. He had a U.S. green card. He's basically a global citizen, so he's the perfect perfect prime minister for the globalists yeah and uh, holding up a, a coin saying uh, a 50p coin saying uh, diversity built britain apparently so all those uh, uh working class miners uh, you know that went down the pits in the northwest of england all those seafarers yeah all those brickies that built all the houses up and down england. apparently they didn't build england it was just built by diversity <laughs> uh, there's a question over on entropy from a user i'm a stupid moron for three australian dollars they're a regular super chatter i don't know why they they chose that uh, username <laughs> it's from that mo prank call uh from the simpsons that's where it comes from uh so oh, yeah. he's question is what does the reverend think of tommy robinson i i do know did notice that he pinched your your vlog uh from the the protest yeah well tommy robinson he has a background of uh it's like anti-islam that's like his thing you know anti-islam and people sometimes think i'm into all that i i very rarely mention islam by the way um but yeah he that's what he's all about and i think he's being kind of propped up um astroturfed a lot over the years you know to give him a big fan base because how does a fella go from being extremely inarticulate and then suddenly he he works with all these people who've got millions and billions of squillions and then he can suddenly put a sentence together seems like he's been specially trained to me that's what i'm that's the impression i'm getting but he seems to be saying a lot uh, better things in recent years Although he still maintains, uh, he's anybody who's pro-white. If you say you're pro-white, you're not welcome. You're not welcome at any of his events, which actually doesn't go down that well with the the, the normal people. Because I I I know a lot of uh, what you call to, uh, Tommy fans, and believe me, we can have a normal conversation without them going uh, 
uh, crazy. But as you said, um, he shared a video of mine, and it said it actually it was actually he titled it "From the Horse's Mouth." From the horse's like I'm I'm the authority to talk about uh, you know the Sweet Hotel. Uh, they call it a riot protest, mostly peaceful protest, as I call it, where the van was set on fire due to the criminal negligence of the police. Um, but then he deleted it. He deleted uh, the, the comment, uh, sorry, the video after about an hour or so. And one of uh, my associates contacted the uh, the admin and said, why did you do that? Why did you delete that? Because that, he really articulated quite well than, you know, the situation there on the ground and the response from the admin was uh james uh his ideology is not compatible with ours so we had to delete that distance ourselves from him so that's uh even though that seems to be my experience uh, with uh, tommy robinson he liked liked what you said uh before he was obviously you know told by uh people that oh he's from mark collette's patriotic alternative who have all these because what does it uh, the wikipedia page says you what is it fascist neo-nazi all that sort of stuff yeah well here's the thing uh tommy robinson he's made documentaries about how the likes of hope not hate and the controlled anti-white media misrepresent us all the time could it be tommy robinson that we might just be normal people that you can have a normal conversation with we're not these caricatures that just want to run around with uh you know silly hats on or whatever you know uh setting fire to things you know this is this is crazy we're normal people um that just want the best for our own kind basically so there you go uh, now you're uh, called uh, Reverend. How did you become ordained? Uh, the the only other a uh, uh, political uh, commentator, activist, uh, Reverend, or that uh, that uh, I'm familiar with from the UK is that Calvin Robertson, who's part of GB News and was with Rebel News in in Davos. So, uh, actually, yeah, I actually tell me about. Him. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I'm an adherent to a pro-white racial religion called Creativity, the Creedum program set forth in Nature's Eternal Religion, the White Man's Bible, We're basically dedicated to what's good for white people. We have a golden rule, that's what's good for white people is good, what's bad for white people is bad. So everything is through the lens of, is it good for white people? As to when I became ordained, first of all, we go back a touch. You know, I've been familiar with their creativity for, it's got to be at least close to 20 years. And, uh, you know, I have quite high, fairly high standards for myself, I suppose. And uh, after reading and studying the, the text, uh, you can take a, an examination, an, uh, a written, an oral examination to become a minister. Um, the, the exam will be taken with an ordained minister of uh, creativity. But I set, I set the bar a little bit higher and, and said, I'm not gonna be happy accepting my uh, ordination as a minister until I've completed the audio book to nature's eternal religion. So until I completed that, um, I didn't accept the, uh, the, the title and, but I do take it quite seriously. And, um, yeah, uh, pro uh, minister of, uh, creativity. Yep. And, uh, where can our viewers and listeners learn more about 
creativity from a reliable source, not just uh, putting it into Google, for example. Yeah. Well, oh, well, uh, to be honest with you, if you put it into Google, you wouldn't find much. You'd probably run like DuckDuckGo. But <laughs> uh, me, okay? You can talk to me, I suppose. Uh, I'd like to say that you could go to the website, but this is this is probably a story for another time. I don't know if we could cover it here. That you know, you probably haven't got the time uh, time frame. But um, uh, I I am quite familiar with the law uh, in recent years because uh, several years, uh, well, in two thousand and one, I believe it was uh, August of two thousand and one. Um, the police got wind of the fact that I, I made an audio book of nature's eternal religion. And they used that as an, as an excuse to basically raid my house, steal all my computers and everything. And they, they hacked into my phone. Right. Uh, where I had, uh, access, well, access to the website where I, you know, I was able to put blog posts on and so forth. Uh, it's an American-owned website, by the way, an American-owned website owned by Reverend James Logsdon. Uh, they um, they hacked into my phone and stole the website. This is Merseyside Police stole an American-owned website, and if you actually and they put on the website, I can show you a picture. It says um, this website has been seized by Merseyside Police, and I was like, whoa. Uh, totally illegal what they've done but yeah they just don't don't give a damn and they're, they're basically trying to pursue me uh for that for, for producing an audiobook that's dedicated to my pro-white religion basically uh, on what crime what's the crime they'll say uh, uh what's, what's the word uh, inciting racial hatred you know the, the even though you're not anti even though you're not anti anyone you're you're pro white well i'm not going to take a hypocritical stance where i say that i, I have uh, a totally positive uh, it's only positive views and i don't have any negative we don't have any negative views about uh other people uh but i haven't i haven't broken any laws when i speak to you you know i think i've come across as reasonably a uh, reasonable human being um and that's it we stay within the law in britain um in in our holy books there is the occasional racial epithet right the occasional racial epithet and they're using this uh, as, a, as a means to try and uh basically put me in the gulag put me in the gulag that's what they're trying to do um but i i don't believe they've got a case but th that's again uh we could expand on that a lot in a, a another podcast pot potentially well, we've heard countless uh, stories, uh, news here in Australia of the uh, the UK uh, police raiding people for so-called hate speech, offending people on online, and there's even uh, people who've been jailed. Uh, going back to Tommy, he was jailed for live streaming outside of a court of a, a grooming gang, rape gang, trial i most uh recently uh, there alex belfield uh he's in jail for five years basically for hurting the feelings of jeremy vine and a few other uh people at the at the bbc 
and a, another British patriot, uh, Jolene Bunting. She's uh, had a potential prison sentence uh, hanging over her uh, for ba for calling out a local drag uh, drag queen storytime reader. Yeah, and also you have um, it's, it's such a scandal. Poor autistic kids. Apparently, we're supposed to have this culture where we're all sympathetic to autistic people, right? The charities for autistic people. And you get these poor autistic lads or Asperger lads who download the wrong book, right? And we might say the occasional edgy, silly comment on the internet. And these comments and these PDFs or whatever, that the wrong book that they downloaded has been used to put them in prison for several years as terrorists i'll give you one example you can check it out a lad called uh, oliver bell this is like an academic who went to you know went to cambridge uh, uh had a degree in mathematics you know brilliant at mathematics if you saw him you would say he looks like something from a uh, harry potter right like a proper little geek <laughs> and yet he for some reason he bought a copy of the anarchist cookbook right which is it's yeah. a dumb thing to do i would say yeah. yeah yeah i agree but we're talking about autism here um and i'll i'll get even dumber so just bear with me so he he said a couple of silly 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 comments on the internet and i remember i messaged him I, yeah i wasn't even in touch with him but i said i'm that kind of person i'll, I'll see somebody's vulnerable and i'll say mate please just delete that because there are people who want to see you go down for nothing, basically. Uh, anyway, uh, it was reported by these cr uh, cranks from Hope Not Hate, um, made out to be a big thing when it's just an autistic kid in his, in his room on his own. And uh, the police went to this poor lad's house. Um, there was a, some kind of a confrontation. They went into the house and they wanted to check his thinking right this was just like a routine thing and he volunteered listen to this tim volunteered to give up give them the book he said there you go there's there's a copy of the if you think uh, this is controversial some book by some i don't know some silly author if you think that's controversial check this out and handed the police officer a copy of the anarchist cookbook and said this is for academic purposes they use that to put him in prison for like two years which it's like they don't care that he's obviously aut autistic uh it's it's just about them like uh saying that we've imprisoned this uh far-right extremist radical who who knows what he was capable of and he had a copy of the the anarchist cookbook they're not treated as as people uh, they're just and like we saw this over in the, the US with the January 6th uh, protesters just held indefinitely uh, for political purposes. And it's yep. it's shocking that this, that this is happening. Yeah, the police, this is what I've discovered, the police don't care about the truth and justice and things like that. It's about we must get a conviction. They are thinking... How can we, if we get this book, oh, we've got a book, oh, the wrong book, oh, the wrong thoughts, we could get him in prison for two years. And that's what they think. Let's get a conviction. That's all they care about. They don't care about 
if a person's vulnerable. Uh, and also, you've got this uh, endeavor to get as many white people listed as terrorists as possible so they can even out the balance. So it, it, let's, say if you, let's say you were anti-Muslim, for example, which I don't really go down that road myself. Um, and, and you say, oh, here's the stats on Mus uh, you know, Islamic terrorism. And you go, oh, actually, actually, uh, white supremacist terrorism is the real threat because a load of autistic kids have been put in prison for two years for having the wrong book. This is the manipulation of the statistics that we're dealing with. And it was uh, leaked uh, to the the media that a that uh, a 2019 document from the UK's Prevent Anti-Terrorism Program claimed someone reading uh, George Orwell's 1984 or uh, uh, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World uh, viewed as potential warning signs of extremism. Uh, even watching uh, the uh, political satires, the thick of it, and yes, Minister, which, well, I've I've watched those shows in and got the, the, those books. Uh, I must be next on the list. To, 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 to be. Yeah. be careful what you have on your shelf there, Tim, because guess who's on that list? I don't even notice that there. But you know, remember that greatest writer that's ever lived, right? William Shakespeare. He's on the list. So if we're if we're the kind of people who might, oh, guess what? We might be those white people who who are interested in our great heritage. You know, the great incomparable heritage that's the best in the world by a thousand miles, right? If you're interested in that, because most people don't even know about their own heritage, but if you're interested in something like Shakespeare, guess what? You're on the list as well, so be careful if you have a copy of uh, the complete works of Shakespeare, which I have. So I expect a knock on the door from the police any day soon. And if you thought that free speech in the UK couldn't be even more uh, curtailed, the again, the Conservative government is proposing this online safety bill, which basically expands the power of the UK's office of communications, which censors news on television and radio, applying it to the whole internet. Yeah, well, I, I was just checking it out, recently checking out a video by Mark Collett, a really in-depth video of the online safety bill. Yeah, watch about that. How Orwellian is, yeah, yeah, how Orwellian is. So I'd recommend people check that out. You know, uh, even, even things that you say online that are totally legal could lead you to get tossed in the gulag. Right, <laughs> this is the situation that we're in. But you know, fortunately, you know, that kind of tyranny opens more eyes. So it's like you actually wonder, don't you? Why are you bringing in all these tyrannical policies when it's just waking more people up to the tyranny that we're living in? Because I'm seeing it more and more. This is a conversation that we're, we've been having having recently. I've always had the ability in my town, beyond to be honest with you, to speak my mind. But more and more people are able to just have the conversations that we have with normal people. Whereas in the past, it's like shut up, shut up. You know, they they parrot the uh, the mainstream narrative. You know, they hear what you say. It goes through the mainstream filter, as I like to call it. You say something reasonable, and they hear you saying something crazy. You know, genocidal and crazy. You know, but that's not the case now. We're able to have the conversation with ordinary people. So uh, I'm taking positives from it, but 
at the same time, it is uh, despicable and, and uh, anti-free speech. Apparently, free speech came from England. We're supposed to celebrate freedom of speech. The Americans call themselves the, you know, the Anglo-Americans. Uh, we, we believe in free speech because that's what our forefathers believed in. Come to England now, we don't have freedom of speech. Isn't that great? Uh, now, you're not the uh, the only Patriot Alternative uh, member or activist to be raided. Uh, Laura Taller and her husband Sam, they got raided for no particular reason. And a, another uh, patriotic alternative activist, James Goddard, he didn't get raided, but got this uh, really a, or quite, uh, quite basically a threatening letter uh, from the, the Met Police over a, a tweet uh, which he, regarding the pride flags representing the LGBT community, uh, uh, so they said that his uh, comments would be considered grossly offensive uh, in uh, Section 127 of the Malicious Communications Act, and they 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 want to arrange a voluntary interview uh, with him. And uh, if this can yeah. be conducted near to your home, and I'll suggest a mutually convenient date, early January 2023. If you're not here from you within 10 days this letter's evidence case file may be uh, submitted for consideration of persecution and all that tweet what the tweet was was that yeah he <laughs> didn't like the the pride the lgbt pride flag i mean there's several variations of it now we've got is it world pride in australia at the moment you can't even go into the supermarket without a pride flag at the moment it's that insane yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe James Goddard is part of Patriotic Alternative. He was several years ago. He's not now. Uh, but I believe that his offence, this terrible offence, he posted a picture of something LGBTQ plus uh, XYZ or whatever. And I believe he just put an emoji, like a vomiting emoji. You've seen a vomit, you know, you know, that kind of emoji. That's why he got that letter for, put, for putting a picture and it. And an emoji, so you you get to you could get, you end up in the Google like for emojis these days, um, and I, I believe I said on that letter that you know it's it's voluntary, but if you if you don't come to the interview, you're going to be in big trouble. That doesn't sound very voluntary to me, uh, uh, Tim. And it seems that uh, I know that the the what I call the the fake. Uh, uh, right-wing media in the the UK, they tend to cover the the transgender debate, but I hardly hear a peep of them uh, against those uh, drag queen story hours. Uh, none of the mainstream right-wing media picked up Jolene Bunting's plight. So, patriotic alternative, uh, they uh, uh, some of the members took part in because there was about a hundred drag queens uh, at a at a demo, a demo at the London Tate Tate Britain Art Gallery, which is and it was aimed at children. There was about a hundred of them, which is just like that's that, that's just ratcheting it up. Yeah, you know, you've got brave people like uh, uh what's his name, Wesley Russell, that are going to uh, those uh, demonstrations uh, to oppose them. Uh, but talking about the, the, the controlled uh, uh, 
call them right wing media, you know, the alter- they call themselves alternative and it doesn't seem very alternative to me. What they tend to do is basically say to the degenerates, you know, they, they basically say, you, you have the moral high ground, you're right, but we just want to have a voice, you know, with those little peons down here, we want to have an opinion. And you just please just accept our opinion. We're totally wrong. We're totally beyond the pale. But you know, just let us have our little opinion. That's the way it seems to come across to me. You know, you'll even even have the likes of the uh, what's it like Piers Morgan, for example, uh, um, to make to make his point to make his point about how, how uh, crazy things are with uh, let's say trans or whatever. He'll get a trans whatever right to come on the show. And, and they'll sit there talking about, haven't things gone crazy? Oh, remember the good old days when we were just normal trans? Hey. And, you know, this is the kind of uh, controlled opposition that you have to deal with. That's why we need to have more, uh, you know, alternative media outlets. And, you know, a bit like yourself, Tim. And uh, I, I've, I've recently come across the likes of uh, David Clues, the Unity News Network. I don't, he, he's hilarious, him, as well as... Uh, having some good little takes as well. But, you know, there are so many uh, good uh, alternative media outlets, unfortunately being suppressed, suppressed across the board, um, when, when they're just trying to be the most reasonable and wholesome people uh, that they can be. That's what we're, we're dealing with. And because that uh, protest against that uh, 100 uh, drag queen uh, st- story hour, Reading at the 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 British uh, Tate Art Gallery, the uh, the Antifa decided they would uh, protect a drag queen story time event at the Honor Oak. I'm not sure where where that is. They they described Turning Point UK as a far right organisation, which I mean, if you follow uh charlie kirk uh founder of turning point usa you know that he's far from far right and of course there was this sign that was there queer joy is for all ages and like again where is the 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 fake conservative Mm -hmm. media covering covering something like this that that sign when you you get yeah, well, that's when you you know you have people who are trying to be the the voice of uh, uh, the moderate voice, basically the moderate voice for the normal human being. And um, what happens? The controlled media and these crackpots and everything else will simply demonise them as as you say, far right. Everybody far right now. The people of Kirby, they're beyond the pale far right. What's that term used by Hillary Clinton? Totally irredeemable. Deplorable. <laughs> yeah, a basket case of deplorables. Yeah, that's it. I mean, this is what you have to deal with. Total intolerance. Here's another thing. You know, talking about tolerance. These people love to give platitudes about tolerance. I think we're the tolerant ones. We tolerate each other. You know, we we have quite a myriad of differences of opinion in our kind of circles. Though, let's face it. So we're tolerating all kinds of stuff. We tolerate people who have uh, all kinds of different opinions. Uh, and we can have a conversation with pretty much everyone, right? Yet the moment we step out of line and have an opinion that's remotely uh, politically incorrect, they just want to slam us down and shut us down and 
put you in a jail cell, you know, <laughs> lock the door and throw the key away. This is the mentality of these crazy people. Now, up in Scotland, they're going to be getting a new first minister after uh, Nicola Sturgeon announced that she was stepping down after eight and a half years. She said it wasn't due to uh, short-term political uh, difficulties, but there's three main challenges. There's Kate Forbes, who is actually slightly conservative. She's a member of the Free Church of Scotland, uh, which is not associated with the the church, the state church of Church of Scotland. Uh, there's Ash Reagan, who's more moderate, but then there's uh, Hamza uh, Youssef, who's a a Muslim of Pakistani uh, ethnicity, born in in Glasgow. Uh, he's far left, and so obviously a. a he would he would love and there's a lot of people who would love a the whole of the uk to be governed by a brown man and uh, uh one of the devolved governments uh, governed by a brown man as well mm -hmm. well uh, i believe uh forbes is just a really really moderate lady um who's just trying to stand for family values in some kind of way and again the control media portrays this woman as totally beyond the pale, but I'm I guarantee she'll probably agree with many other destructive ideas. But because she takes one little position on one issue, or maybe two issues, she's beyond the pale. This is again, we're going back to the intolerance of these uh, people. She probably Actually, believes uh, that uh, God is a he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, you, them uh, Bibles, we'll have to uh, edit those. <laughs> I'll have to edit those and remove all references. But, uh, like the, the thing is, though, doesn't God, isn't his preferred pronoun anyway? He, his. So what, why is that they want to make him the Church of England uh, gender neutral? Yeah, well, uh, they're leading the way, aren't they? Uh, uh, with uh, Justin Welby and co to uh, promote uh, all the degeneracy. And as we've seen, there's been a pushback from, can you believe it, Tim? It's the blacks in Africa. And I believe a, a lot of people in South America as well have uh, pushed back against all this, uh, uh, again, this, this constant pushing of these agendas, agendas, agendas. And to the point where they no longer recognize the Archbishop of Canterbury as the head of the Anglican communion. I mean, that's historic that yeah it's kind of yeah well you just put it in the media for five seconds and then it's gone right yeah can you imagine if that happened in let's say 500 years ago when when uh the church of england was taken seriously or four 500 years ago um yeah we just oh yeah the the uh archbishop bishop of canterbury nah he's not the boss anymore <laughs> he's not the head anymore that's a, quite a uh, historic development but uh yeah, it didn't get much publicity. Uh, now we have gone well over an hour, so we'll we'll wrap up shortly. So if you've got yeah. uh, any more questions or super chats on entropy, uh, please yeah. uh, please post them. Uh, so the UK has to have a a general election uh, by was it December twenty twenty four? So five year terms is the 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 max. It doesn't seem like there's anyone really to vote for. Uh, 
I'm not sure what you think, but Nigel Farage, he's got a bit more tough with his uh, immigration talk, but he says he won't run again because of first past the past the post. Uh, but obviously the UK has got other issues as well uh, with the uh, cost of living, rampant inflation, the various strikes and what is it, the, the latest food shortages of tomatoes I've heard. Yeah, when it comes to uh, uh, Nigel Farage, I can't say I trust him that much because when it came to the EU uh, and uh, when it came to stopping, let's say, Europeans, let's say, Poles, for example, it's like, oh, don't worry about that. We do need immigration, but we can just go to the Commonwealth. Now, the Commonwealth, it sounds good, doesn't it, when you say the Commonwealth? You think, oh, we might get some Australians here or Canadians. Oh, South Afri- white South Africans, that sounds really nice. But no, they mean, you know, 99%, you know, it's like 98, 99% of the, the British Commonwealth, but including the likes of India and Pakistan and Bangladesh and, you know, I think Nigeria even come under that, you know, 200 million Nigerians. Oh, yeah, great. Um, so that, that seems to be his mentality. So he, do, he doesn't come from a background of trying to defend the white people of the country. Now, he might flip-flop for political gain or whatever, but I, I just don't think he can trust somebody with that kind of track record. Um, as for as for who to vote for, I'm actually a, uh, I'm an advocate of spoiling the ballots, and I don't just mean going into the booth and saying goodbye, you know, with the pen, uh, you know, crossing it out. I mean, actually making a statement of some kind. Uh, and, you know, if you had tens of thousands of people um, you never know, it could be hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people going into the voting booth and basically just declaring the entire establishment as a virulently anti-white. That's what I'd like to see. You're not actually allowed to advocate for that in Australian elections because we have compulsory voting and you can't uh, oh, yeah. advocate for a informal vote. Uh, so that's uh, that's some of our electoral law uh, for you there. Yeah. Uh, now, oh, well, uh, Dawn... I talk for England, can't I? Mm-hmm. Now, Dawn Browning has uh, requested uh, that we finish the show uh, with uh, you giving a short Shakespeare uh, right, uh, uh, yeah. citation. Oh, okay. Well, you know, because we'll be on the pale. Because we're on beyond the pale, Tim, I might as well, uh, you know, give a little uh, recitation from uh, Shakespeare because, you know, Shakespeare's beyond the pale these days. He needs to be cancelled. Um, yeah, I'll probably do. What do, you, what do you prefer? Once more onto the breach, or do you prefer, say, Crispin's speech? Do you even know what it is? I'll put you on the spot there, Tim. <laughs> I like the sound of the first one. Okay. Uh, once more onto the breach, dear friends, once more, or close up the wall with our English dead. In peace, there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood. Disguise fair nature with hard-favoured rage. Then lend the eye a terrible aspect. 
Let it pry through the portage of the head like the brass cannon. Let the brow o'erwhelm it as fearfully as doth the galled rock o'erhang and jutty his confounded base swilled with the wild and wasteful ocean. Now set the teeth and stretch the nostril wide. Hold hard the breath and bend up every spirit to its full height. Hold on, you noblest English, whose blood is fed from fathers of war proof. Fathers that, like so many Alexanders, have in these parts from morn till even fought, and sheathed the sword for lack of argument. Dishonor not your mothers. Now attest that those whom you call fathers did beget you. Be copy now to men of grosser blood and teach them how to war. And you, good yeoman, whose limbs are made in England, show us here the metal of your pasture. Let us swear that you are worth your breeding, which I doubt not, for there is none of you so mean and base that hath not noble luster in your eyes. I see you stand like greyhounds in the slips, straining upon the start. The game's afoot. Follow your spirit, and upon this charge cry, God for Harry, England and St. George. That was incredible. And as uh, Dawn Browning uh, said before, you won't regret the request. I all of a sudden now want to go and see some uh, Shakespearean plays now. And he, oh, I'm going to get everybody rested. Uh, and P. says, if that's all from memory, then that's incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me and uh, my audience uh, to give us the uh, on-the-ground uh, account of, uh, well, what's sadly happening uh to the uk and also uh cutting through uh the a lot of the the, the fake news that has been uh filtered through to well uh, not just australia but the the globe as yeah. well and i'll i'll put the the link to your telegram channel and you're also on gab as well i noticed your your gab oh, yeah, yeah. hasn't been active for I, a while are you going to go back job. on it so now that, that you're, you're banned yeah. from Twitter again? Well, that, uh, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, but yeah, I'm not on Twitter anymore. So the main thing is kind of Telegram. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of a following on Telegram. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get on Gab a little bit more, but uh, it seems like very slow to me, Gab. I don't know about you. Does it, maybe because you've got the greatest internet connection in uh, the world or whatever. But it's always very slow for me, and so it, it kind of uh, UK dissuades internet, me from going there. Internet uh, connection, in my experience, speaking to uh, mm. the uh, my other British guests, uh, have has been very poor. But Gab's improved yeah. a lot over over the yeah. years. Andrew Tolbar, he's done an incredible uh, job uh, making it deplatform proof. Um, yeah, um, they're dedicated to free speech, and uh, as long as you're somewhat reasonable, you know, that's uh, Tob is quite good. So you've got a hats off, and he's not intimidated. I, I believe it was the German government said uh, gave him an ultimatum 
you either adhere to our laws or we're going to fine you or whatever. And he said, basically, I'm just going to burn the paperwork. You can't, you can't enforce these laws. So, you know, you've got to take your hat off to him. And he's, uh, he's saying some of the right things as well, I'd say. I heard your door open. I hope that's not the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yep. So, yep. Is that everything? Rev James Costello on uh, Telegram. At Rev James Costello. Thank Love you once again people. and uh, take care. Uh, it's been wonderful to chat with you. Yeah, great. Talk again, Tim. Bye bye. All right, everybody, that's Wilms Front for this week. And uh, I noticed that uh, Peak Aussie Man uh, says I wasn't expecting a live stream on the, the weekend. Sunday is the, the new night uh, for 2023 uh, for Wilms Front. I, this is because a, during a, obviously during 20, uh, from 2021 to 2022, uh, Wilms Front was on a Thursday. Uh, Blair Cottrell and Joel Davis now do their Odyssey news show on on that time. Uh, so I decided to move to a Sunday and it seems to be working with uh, good viewership. And uh, also uh, Peak Ozyman uh, said that, uh, yes, uh, Tim's News Explosion on Monday, tomorrow evening, 8.30pm Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront channels, YouTube, DLive and Odyssey. Will be uh, will be going ahead as always. Uh, there'll be a lot to cover, including the latest from uh, the Victorian uh, political dystopia, and uh, also uh, Lydia Thorpe uh, deciding to uh, gate crash uh, Sydney's gay and lesbian Mardi Gras and uh, ruin it for a lot of people. And so I'll certainly be deep diving into uh, that. She's got a new nickname now, Lydiot. That was trending on Twitter today. So she's now universally hated by the uh, progressives now, as well as uh, those on the, the right as well. So I'll see you all then. So make sure that uh, you subscribe, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube, maybe you make sure you subscribe, or if it's on Odyssey, subscribe as well. Give a thumbs up and also a comment as well, because it all helps with the algorithm and people are finding the live replays as well. Uh, remember, keep checking out uh, the unshackled.net for a, our productions archive and also uh, for our news and commentary. And remember, if you want to support the Unshackled, I, if you don't want to send through Super Chats, you can become an Unshackled premium member. Bronze is $5 per month, silver $10 per month, gold $25 per month, and platinum $50 per month. Uh, thank you, everyone. Once again, um, as of yet, uh, there's not a Wilmsfront guest locked in for, for next Sunday. There might be, uh, but on a, in a fortnight's time, uh, the date will be, and I've got to remember that uh, there's only 28 days in February of 2023. Uh, so it will be on Sunday, March 12th, my guest will be uh, Professor Gigi Foster. Uh, she's a professor of economics at uh, University of New South Wales. Uh, she uh, was 
the one of the earliest uh, voices back at the beginning of 2020 against the lockdowns and she's been proven right with more and more evidence coming out about how harmful they were so i'm very much looking forward uh to speaking with her she's written several uh books already the great covid uh, panic and a cost benefit analysis of lockdowns as well so i'm looking forward to to, to chatting with with her because she has uh, been a very uh, a very courageous voice. She even went on on Q and A uh, in 2020 to to speak about uh, how harmful the lockdowns were. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But I'll see you all tomorrow night. Eight, remember, 8:30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront channels. I'll see you all then. Thanks for tuning in again, and I'll include all of James' uh, links on the show notes page. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes. And keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows. And to keep up with the latest real news and analysis.